Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing... The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to the Cricket Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Cricket Podcast where I am very excited to say, thank you Jack for that lovely uh, display of support, Uh, very excited to say that we are joined by an old friend, an old friend who we've not seen for a long time, he's been off, uh, he's been off gallivanting away in uh, in the subcontinent doing very important things, helping people raise bits of wood in order to uh, claim important cricketers for their franchises Um, and obviously I'm going to skip over Ross and Jack, they're here too, we don't care about them, Dan West. Dan's back. How are you, Dan? I'm awesome. Yeah, brilliant to be all back on. It feels like it's been ages. So yeah, buzzing to be back on. Hopefully we can have a a good chat over the next hour or so. Wonderful stuff. Obviously, we won't be able to pick his brains about the IPL, but... um... Suffice to say, uh, he had a good time, so uh, we'll we'll leave it at that. Um, As I said, also joined by Ross and Jack. Ross, how are you doing? I mean, I'm I'm great. I mean, being to be in the uh, the company of a, a Punjab king. I mean, that is <laughs> what, what, what more do you want, right? That, that is uh, what dreams are made of, and it was quite. It was amazing watching the IPL auction, Dan, and just being able to see kind of you in your element and actually be, be in that position. We, we, we were like almost fangirling over an analyst <laughs> being at an IPL table, and you're just a bit like, "What has my life become?" But honestly, mate, we, we were so proud of you. I think it was amazing to see you there. That's my thanks a bit there. Mate. Um, and Jack, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. I uh, left my microphone at my girlfriend's house, so I'm I'm lingering in the background. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't want to miss the big occasion, did I? But no. I also don't want to talk too much and, and ruin the show. So no, you, 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 sound, you sound absolutely fine. No worse than David Painter when he we interviewed him when he was in his car. <laughs> yeah, we've come a long way since those days. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Max, what's on the slate today? Uh, well, we've, uh, we've got a bit of a rundown of the India-West Indies T20 series. Obviously, uh, that one was uh, uh, a one-sided affair, but we'll be picking out the main 
talking points from that. We've got a bit of uh, franchise cricket action. Have a look at, uh, well, sort of uh, a bit of um, a wider look at the uh, the comparisons of the, the PSLs, the IPLs, the BPLs and other L's. And, um, and we'll be wrapping up with uh, a little bit of England chat. Have a look at uh, the uh, the England squad selection. Uh, get Dan's thoughts on um, the uh, the obvious, the elephants in the room. And... Uh, and and see see whether we all agree with what Jack and I said a few a few weeks ago. Mm. Uh, We'd be remiss not to ask Dan yeah. about um, the hundred a little bit as well, I reckon. Just and the hundred, least. yes, yes. But before that, Ross, uh, it's tight. Got got to get some uh, mess- messages out, haven't we? Messages uh, for the listeners. We do. Uh, we have a Patreon, and we've uh, blitzed through the thirty. Uh, member mark haven't we the discord channel is on all the time buzzing through the night which is great um and i think uh, if you want to join that um you've got great access to exclusive shows you've got ipl data literally ball by ball data of every single ball bowled in the ipl history and um, so you can become a budding analyst and sit at the punjab king's table just like dan weston um i also think there's uh <laughs> you should sign up because actually it's quite nice talking to us on discord um we've got a couple of reviews in as well which i'll probably read out later in the show which are very you got that now uh, no, 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 no. I think have them throughout the show, right? You always okay. tease, tease the five star <laughs> reviews that let, we've kind let's, of got. Uh, let's dot the navel gazing throughout the show. No, if we've got if we've got three parts, and we do need something to reintroduce the show for for part two and three. So it, it might, might as well be uh, compliments to us. And if if you want yeah. to compliment us, then <laughs> leave a five star review on Spotify. Leave a five star review on Apple, um, or get in touch with the show. Um, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, hit like, hit subscribe. Uh, we are so close to ten thousand. I think we're less than a hundred now, Jack. It's hundred. It's exactly one hundred. Well, that's it. Look, England's openers can't quite manage it. So hopefully we can manage to get to 100 in the next kind of, what, next week. That'd be great. Um, and then follow us at CricketPod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Max, where should we start? West Indies versus India? Yeah, I think so. Um, three, three T20s, three India victories, all with uh, a slightly... Um, slightly different teams, which was, which was nice to see. And a few, um, a few big... Uh, well, debuts, a few big debuts from some guys that we absolutely love from the IPL. So um, where, where do you want to start, Ross? I mean, um, Well, I think it's probably fair to say that India actually had some pretty strong performances across the series. Um, Ravi Bishnoi, who we've we've been a big buyer of over the last couple of years, and we kind of touched upon this a little bit in the last show, but he, he kind of slipped in quite nicely to international cricket, I thought. Um, and then also the approach that India take, took, I thought it'd be quite nice, Dan, to ask you around this, around are we starting to see kind of underneath Raul Dravid a bit of a shift in what's actually acceptable in this side? You've obviously saw in the last game, Rohit Sharma actually batting himself at number four, so Gaikwad could come in. Um, I know it was kind of dead and buried in terms of the series, but that flexibility is quite interesting to see. Um, you obviously also saw Virat Kohli drop out of the side. Um, so it would just be nice to... Um, understand where you see that going down and probably in a little bit in a while um, and then also around some of the players that they've kind of picked up along the way like Venki Ayer good series um, is there questions around where he's coming through um, Shreyas Ayer made a nice appearance and struck at over 130 which was amazing to see <laughs> so um, I think yeah we should get into a couple of those points and then on West Indies fronts they, they again a really really weird puzzle the mm. West Indies team like yeah. don't know they've almost got half the picture of a jigsaw and they don't, they have the wrong set of pieces <laughs> uh, and then somehow it's coming together just about um 
So let's start with the kind of people have impressed. So let's start with Venki Iyer. Uh, the middle order spot was Hardik Pandya's. He's been injured. Um, but Venki Iyer's come in and done really quite well, hasn't he, Dan? Yeah, I, I like him. Obviously, batting in a different role to what he what he does in the IPL. But I think I think probably his promotion has come primarily due to the fact that there's not a lot of of all rounders who who can bat in the top six in in India in the Indian player pool. So anyone who is kind of showing some some ability tends to get fast tracked. And and we've we saw that here, and, and he did pretty well, pretty well with the bat. And when he was asked to to with the ball, he contributed as well with a couple of wickets and you know reasonable series economy. So. Yeah, I mean that's nice to see someone coming in and, and doing a good job, and that's promising for India moving forward. Uh, I like the I like the way that that they kind of structure up a little bit more, but I still think there's a lot that they can do to to work on in terms of that intent boundary hitting, not leaving too much on the park. They had to be pretty careful though because I think they had like. Deepak Chahal or Harshal Patel at seven in 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 some of the lineups, so I can understand why they were going a, a little bit more cautious uh, with the top six. And we remember this well that Eden Gardens, you're you're looking at probably one eighty minimum being a decent score batting first as well. So, so there, but there's there's certainly stuff to like. Um, India getting obviously the series win three nil. And we can talk about the West Indies later because, as you say, you you you, you suitably describe them as a jigsaw puzzle with half the right pieces and half the ones from another jigsaw set. Basically, that's exactly what it is. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's almost like even though they, even though they lost the series, it's almost more interesting to talk about West Indies than it is about India because I watched all the games and that and they frustrated me a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Let's, if we finish off, I don't think we've covered India quite significantly on the last show. So if you want to go and listen to that, then please do. Um, but let's talk about kind of their opening options, Dan, because I'm trying to figure out what India's top five ends up looking like, especially yeah. when, with the World Cup kind of towards the end of this year. Um, and they're trying out different options, like Gaikwad's come in after being the, I always get this right, the orange cap holder in the IPL. Yeah, orange is correct, yeah. isn't it? Yep. Um, orange or purple? Orange yeah. for batting, purple for bowling. Correct. Uh, Kishan, Rohit's taken a position there. But they've got Sorry, I'm going to have to interject it. How does that help? Yeah, I Just thought you were going to give us like things, a little rhyme. Basically, Jack, what you need to do is remember two things. <laughs> but that's, like, that's, you that's you it. said it like it helps me figure that out. I mean, the, the problem, obviously, is that Ross and I can't remember <laughs> orange a, for whatever it is you and need purple a for whatever it is. Yeah, Just remember, right? about, just remember you, Harshal Patel's purple patch. There you go. If you'd said that then it would be purple. But you didn't say that. You, you just said and orange the, 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 the orange cap is usually won by someone who plays for Sunrisers. Who's and they're, yeah, because they're in, really good at bang. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, there we go. There's two useful things. Start Started badly, got better. Much like this podcast. Carry on, Ross. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the linear progression for us. Yeah. Um, but I think in terms of like, the, the options that they have, how do they start to piece that team together? Because they've got the Virat Kohli conundrum, who's... But he's out of form. Is he their best person to have in a T20 top five is probably a bigger question that I don't think people are really up for having that discussion on because it's too detrimental. But how do they start to pull these people together, Dan? That's the, that's the tough thing because you would say that if, if there's a Kohli in a team, you don't need a Shreya Sire because there's absolutely no need to have have two anchor-orientated players in the same team. Now, 
The other conundrum is whether Guy Quad, even though he won the Orange Cap, is actually the next should be the next cab off the rank. So mm. staying loyal to, to Punjab Kings, I think I think there's a very strong argument for Man Kagawal playing more in, in T20s for India. And also Prithvi Shaw, who I, I really like as well as another opener. Um, and, and then Sanjay Samson in the middle order doesn't really get a game either. So there's there's quite a lot of players bubbling under who actually are are, are very, very strong players. And I'm I'm not convinced that, that, that some of the players who are getting picked are actually the best options. Don't get me wrong, they're very, very good players, but whether they're better than some of the players who, who are left out is is another debate entirely. Uh, and, yeah, I'm convinced about that, really. But, India but, have got too many pieces for, for the same puzzle. Yeah, yeah. A, a bit like England, really, with, with their batting in T20s and white ball cricket as well. There's, you know... There's, you could, the second team would probably do pretty well too. Yeah, well, it's that, it's that question, right? If you have Rohit Sharma, actually, you've got a similar, actually, in strike rate terms, actually a similar player to Virat Kohli, actually, well, in, yeah. in terms of that bar and trying to fit those people in. But Kishan d- didn't do kind of as well as we know he can do. And I think there is that pressure on him to do pretty He's now an unbelievably wealthy young man. <laughs> um, and that comes with all kinds of different kind of pressure. But him at the top of the order, I quite like. He's good against spin. He compliments where Rohit Sharma's less good. I think Suyakura Yadav is unbelievable. Like he was supreme in this series and showed that he's he can be a class above everybody. And then that middle order question, Dan, of how, where do you fit in? Pant, Jadeja, Hardik Pandya when he's fit, um, Venki Iyer when he when he's playing. They've got great options. Yeah, um, I'll find that under nice nice problems to have. I think. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about West Indies then. Um, so when it comes to the, their selection and tactics, Dan, you said it frustrated you. Yeah, very much. Um, I mean, I, I, there was a couple of things I pulled out of that. One, Shy Hope being anywhere near the T20 team. <laughs> find that unbelievable. Yeah. Um, two, in the last game, they went out a, a, a rate of knots in the power play and were ahead of the game, right, in chasing that total down the Indian set. Um I'm not sure. Typically, I want to go all guns blazing, seal the sixes, seal the... But in that moment, I thought when Deepak Chahar went down injured, they got their tactics wrong. They should have sent in Roston Chase, sent in Hold or whoever ahead of Pollard and let Pollard come in from kind of over 14 onwards kind of thing and then try and do that. I'm not sure if that was one of the things that you kind of picked up on Dan and be like, no, Ross, you're an idiot. But what else frustrated you from that West Indies kind of series? So much. Because because I see the ability, I see the 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 real potential that this, or not, I wouldn't say this group have got, but the the West Indies player pool have got. Because there's players in in the player pool who I think are a lot better than than some of the players who are being picked. Um, you you throw you throw uh, Evan Lewis or Ken Lewis, uh, Fane Rutherford and Hetmeyer into this group, and maybe Obed McCoy as a bowler as well, and you're and you're starting to think, wow, this. This, this team could be anybody. Uh, and there was a number of things that frustrated me. So, and it, in my opinion, it all stems back to that game against England in the World Cup, where I remember us guys speaking about this after the game, and I said, I think they got rolled, rolled I can't remember what it was, but it was like 80 or whatever it was, I can't remember. And I said, the biggest mistake they can make now is play Roston Chase and panic and say, we've got to play an anchor. Oh, okay. So they didn't just pick Roston Chase. They picked like four anchors or three anchors in each game. And I'm like, okay, so Carl Mayers, anchor. Roston Chase, anchor. First game, that's two, right? Second game, Mayers played again. Chase played again. 
And in the first game as well, they batted Akil Hussain at six, which was just... That was interesting, just, wasn't it? I mean, they probably wanted... I guess they wanted two left-handers because he was batting with Peran at the time against the Leggies, but that was just a weird pick because he just chewed up a lot of balls. And, and in that first game as well, that meant that the Odin Smith only was able to face four balls, just tearing off at the end. Fabian Allen and Romario Shepard, who are, who are real hitters, couldn't bat either. So... You know, didn't have to face a ball. So that was just a waste of resources. And in that first game, the anchors, Mayers, Chase, Hussain, faced 46 balls at less than a runner ball. That, I mean, that is a major, major, major problem. In the second game, King and Mayers hit three fours and no sixes in 40 balls. That's a third of your resources. When your opposition scored 25 boundaries, good luck with winning the game. Good luck with winning it. Good luck with that. You've got to hit but you know points. something's wrong in that, don't you? When you lose by eight runs and you've... Three down. Three wickets. Yeah, 100%. That's just... And and it was almost two down. Um, Pirani got got out with a few balls left. Yeah. So, so, yeah, 100%. And and Pirani and Powell, I thought, were exceptional in that chase. But they were left with too much to do because the anchors who are opening, they're just... Those players are just not suitable for playing high-level international cricket, in my opinion. And you know, you've got to hit almost 27% boundaries to be to win the boundary percentage count when you're too open when you when, when you have an opener score 22 or 30 balls. Just you just can't, it's unacceptable. You can't yeah. you can't have that. And, and and in the third game, they thought, well, okay, well, I don't know what they were thinking because they, <laughs> they 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 chewed up balls with their anchors in the first two games. And they thought, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll pick another one. Shy hope as well. We'll throw he him scored in 200. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, yeah, but you know what you know where I'm going with that. Yeah. So, so I mean, I just, I just don't get what they're thinking. I mean, like they're all the way down. They don't need these anchors. It's just crazy. Like, uh, but, yeah, but we saw that, didn't we, in the in the England series? I mean, we had Akil Hussain and Romario Shepherd just depositing the ball for 20 minutes. Yeah. and it was like, yeah, batting all the way down to 11. Yeah, you got Fabian Allen coming in at nine. I mean. You, I feel like I feel like that, that there's a structure whereby they've got the talent, they've got the raw ingredients to be a really good team, but there's there's some form of fear or or trial by media, if you like, that if you get rolled, you're just going to get absolutely slaughtered. But because but the thing is that the way that they play, they're better off focusing on you know trying to hit 180 plus every game, and if you get rolled for 80, so be it. It's because because the the way they're playing right now with the the two jigsaw puzzles kind of mixed in together, as you say, Ross, it they're losing games like that anyway. So what we've got to lose? So you you mentioned Puran there, and you mentioned Rodman Powell. But Powell looks like some serious player. Like the, just watching yeah. him play, like he's in a purple patch of form at the moment. But the guy, his striking ability is unbelievable. Yeah, um, yeah, and he's he's very fast between the wickets as well. Um, <laughs> I, I I like him. There's I think there's areas of his game that he can work on that he probably is is aware of. But I think as you say, the striking ability is 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 very 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 good. And and Puran obviously has had a tough year year and a half. So got some runs in this, which will will obviously fill him fill him with some confidence as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean. This is this is it. When you've got guys like that in your team, and you get done three nil by by India, who you know India are a good team, but I don't think they're a great team right now. Well, well, they also look they at the Indi- look at the India team that they put out. Where there's no Bumbra in there, 
Yeah, no Jadeja. No It's yeah, but no we're Pan looking at a bunch of guys who've, who are making. I mean, obviously Bish and I bowled really well, and you know, but like mm. Harshal Patel and Deepak Shah haven't played in, in quite a while. Yeah, um, they didn't really have a lot of death bowling apart from from Harshal. So there, 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 there's an argument I think to say that West Indies un, definitely underperformed in this series, and I think that that's solely or largely down to the selection and and the strategy that they adopted in these matches. I mean, when we when we were coming out of the England series, looking at how India had just done in South Africa, how the West Indies had just overcome England, we were we, we were looking at it as like a, it, this could be a defining moment for for the West Indies T Twenty team. It could be a bit of a sticky situation for India, and obviously it turned out to be the exact exact opposite. I mean, I said to Ross before, I, I'm I'm so confused about this West Indies side. I don't know whether they're like so close to being box office, actually a bit rubbish. Just, I, I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah, the problem is I don't think they know either. That's the problem. Yeah, well, uh, there was there's a couple of things. Right? I think one um, is what their middle order ends up looking like because in theory they've got Puran at three, but they've got a mixture of Powell, Russell, Pollard, Holder. Maybe need a, another left hander in that well, mix. They've got, they've got Rutherford. As R- well. Right, we have, R- we have Rutherford as well. Yeah, and then they've got, as Max, as you said, kind of got Fabian Allen down, kind of down uh, the lower middle order. Um, so they've got options, right? And that is a pretty intimidating lineup, one after the other of six hitters. Um, I think from the other side, they didn't lose this game because of their batting. As much as kind of we criticise around chewing up overs in mm. um, chewing up overs in the second game with Mays and King or whoever it was, um, plenty of runs were scored by the Indian middle order which dug them out of a hole, let's be honest. Um, but the West Indies bowlers went round the park um, and their, yeah. their, their approach uh, and, that, and that bit was to continue bowling pace at the, end of, at the end of the innings. And I've got a question, Dan, around what is, how can, uh, what is the question I was asking? <laughs> what is the optimal strategy, right, for closing out a T20 game? Because England, England is struggling with it at the moment. West Indies are clearly struggling with it at the moment. They are bowling paces who are not suitable to bowling death overs in cricket, and yeah. they are getting punished for it. Bowl Rost and Chase, that's the answer. <laughs> I mean, Unplayable. That's, that's, very true. that's very true, Ross. Um, the, I think West Indies are different to England in, in, in that West Indies have got players who I think are bowlers who are are definitely works in progress, but ones who do have pretty sizable upside. And that's where I differ with with what you're saying, though, in terms of the batting versus the bowling, because as a team, as a a management group, you should be cognizant of, of your ability as a bowling group, right? And effectively, your batting strategy should be dictated by, by your bowlers. Now, if I'm West Indies here and I'm, I'm, I'm in the management group, I would say, you know what, right? We've got these guys who are, we don't really have a noted death bowler. We've got unproven young guys or inexperienced guys who, who, who do have upside, but they're learning on the job, right? So we need to go out all guns blazing, otherwise we're not going to win. And so you you you're, you can't split the bowling and the batting and saying that they're unrelated. They're actually really related. Uh, and, and and you look at England as well. And this is why I've said in the past, I think on this show as well, I'm not a massive buyer of Milan for England because their bowling's not good enough to indulge in a guy who's going to score a run a ball for the first twenty balls. Probably England don't even bother with death bowling. Well, that's that's the other thing. I mean. I, I, I read. I don't know how true it is, but I read somewhere that, that, that Morgan doesn't really 
Valley Death Bolting, which is, in my opinion, is very bizarre. I don't know how true it is, but that's that's what I heard. Um, so it was yeah. Gurney, wasn't it? Was it Harry Gurney? Who said yeah, that? I think it was yeah. actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was. That was it. Yeah, and I don't know. I just, I just think that there's a lot of improvement that teams can make, you know, in terms of of their strategy. And and I'm not, I'm not asking them to make every decision based on data, but I, I do think that there's a lot of teams who are just they either don't know what they're doing or they they just use hunches when it suits them. And, and so, what, what is the what is the option there, Dan? Then, so we've we've seen teams set up their batting for mm. opposition bowling, right? So actually, you have your decent pace hitters batting at what five, six, seven, depending mm. on the state of the game, right? So, is there not a bit where you try and almost debunk what's happening there? So, England obviously tried bowling Mark Wood in the middle overs, worked pretty effectively, uh-huh. kind of last year, and then obviously some injuries happened with Tamal Mills, etc., and it kind of the wheels fell off. But it, and we've seen obviously Adil Rashid for England bowl at the twentieth over and get absolutely dispatched against Australia a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so is there is there going to be a team that does start to use spin really effectively in those overs to close out games, or are we going to continue to see the trend of pace bowlers actually within that death over sphere? Um, I think that there's scope for it. It's, it's going to require teams to be pretty brave. But the, the, if you look at if you look at guys like Hasaranga, Rashid Khan, their numbers at the death from, you know, I guess a bigger sample size than most other spinners, but still a pretty small sample size in terms of versus paces who bowl at the death. They've got good numbers. So actually, there's probably scope for that, holding them back. Uh, and matchup-wise, it makes sense if, if you know that the numbers five, six, seven, whoever it is, are, are pace hitters holding back a spinner who's a positive matchup against them. Is I guess def- the problem, strategy. I guess the problem there is that, like, when it comes to spinners, you think about Adil Rashid for England or Rashid Khan, like, they are mm. in there in the middle overs. You're expecting them to go at what, like, a run uh-huh. ball, nothing yet, no, no more than no more than seven to get you into that position where you, yeah. your death bowlers can do it. And if you sort of switch that around and sort of throw in someone who, uh, you know, uh, whoever it is, Chris Jordan, whatever, who's been bowling at the death and has been going around and, and switch that up, then you're, you're kind of risking having to get Rashid Khan to defend, you know, three yeah. and over at the end. So but, I mean, it's, I, don't think, I think it's much simpler than this. I think it's it's a timing thing. You can't. There, there, there's no spin bowler in the world that is bowls quick enough that when they bowl a slow delivery, it has the batter off balance. Whereas a fast bowler can do that. And you see the best death bowlers in the world. It's all about timing and length. Um, and and you don't, I, I, you know, Rashid Khan probably could do it. And when he plays for Afghanistan, sometimes I think in the World Cup, we saw him only come into the attack in that the 11th or 12th over a couple of times. So effectively, you know, really backloading him. But he's a bit of a rare case in that he has, he bowls really fast for a spinner, really fast for a spinner, um, has an amazing run, uh, a really good leg break and pitches the ball in the right spot every ball. Basically, every other leg spinner doesn't do that. So if you know the ball is coming at a certain pace or in a, like a, you know, a very small window of pace, you can just wait. And like, you know, if you need 12 and over, you might lose a wicket if you miss the wrong one, but the next guy coming in knows it's the exact same equation. It's just swing as hard as you can, you know, ball out the hand, wait a second, pitches, swing as hard as you can. Um, it's not, whereas if you're a fast bowler, you've got the bouncer, you've got the Yorker, you've got kind of back of a length area. That's just your on pace stuff. You can then bowl slower ball bouncer, slower ball back of the length, 
you've got your wide Yorker, you have all these different options to keep a, bat, a, bat, a batter off balance and, and, and to mess with their timing. If you're no good at controlling where the ball goes, or you're a bit predictable, maybe like Chris Jordan has become, then, then you can get, you know, blasted. Yeah, Absolutely. <laughs> but, um, but it's, it, you in theory do have more options. Um, you, I mean, you, at the death, the, the best, the best death bowl probably bowl off pace half the time, don't they? Um, that's just not an option. Well, that's what Tamil Mills was in there for, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, the, just biggest, not an the biggest difference between his slowest ball and his fastest ball. I mean, that's I think would be a, a good way of like, yeah, making the example of, the, of your point. That's exactly what he was there for. Dan, anything to add, or should we move on yeah, to uh, T20? I mean, I agree with everything that that, that Jack said, but. I think also if you if you had do possess a spinner who who you can backload a little bit, um, it also requires bravery and 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 that willingness to defy conventional wisdom. And I'm not sure, to be honest with you, a lot of management groups have got the the cojones to do that. Um, I, 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 cojones, I think, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that you know, let's say for sake of argument, you've got. You're defending well, 12 for the last over, and you decide that a spinner is the best option, right? Mm-hmm. And the, the batter hits like three boundaries in the first three balls and wins, wins the game. You're going to get slaughtered because it's an unconventional decision. It's, it's, it, and, I, and I think we see this sometimes when there's small, t- I mentioned this on Twitter. I think the West Indies had this mentality a little bit, but certainly Sri Lanka did in the first few games against Australia recently. Is that like they were almost like resigned to losing, but they were just hoping that they weren't going to get just smashed? Yeah, let's like, lose by twenty runs rather than lose by fifty. Yeah, runs. of course it makes no difference, and um, and I think that like sometimes teams make decisions because they know that that's going to a certain decision will attract less criticism than than another decision, and I and, and I don't like that. And just be brave. Just don't, don't, don't yeah, being brave is not about the noise. A job, just, though, is it? That's the problem. Well, that's the problem because people are like, people are like losing their jobs or whatever because the media are demanding it and it's nuts. It's, it's, it's truly bizarre. Um, just, uh, just be brave, take the right option and, and stay true to your principles and be, be, be honest and say, you know what. This, this was the theory. Maybe it didn't work this time, but that's a sample size of one. It could work next time. And, and I just, I, I also think that I mean, I think we've seen this a little bit with England as well. I think that there's an, either an unwillingness or a lack of eloquence from management to to explain their decision making as well. And, and and I'm not. I think if you have good communication, it really does solve a lot. But you don't see it that much. Yeah, well, it's because you need to get you've got the right coloured pen to make sure that you can write stop being a twat on big letters by Nathan Lemon to Owen Morgan to be like, stop bowling this guy. Here's here's the code that we're going to go with. Um, When it comes to T20 cricket, uh, do we want to take a quick break there or do you want to go straight into comparing the, yeah, quick break. And then we'll be back talking about um, how do you compare a T20 league to another T20 league? We love hearing from our listeners, so please follow us at The Cricket Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or if you have a great story like Scotty G did about the Hayden Way, Matthew Hayden's personal website, we want to hear about it. So from wherever you're from, send us in a great story and we'll read out on the show. Email us on thecricketpod at gmail.com. Thank you very much. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast. If you are devouring our content on audio, and welcome to the Cricket Podcast. If you are watching this new YouTube video, where we will be diving into the um, the comparisons, Ross, of various franchise leagues and and how how we do that. So uh, before we get onto that, obviously, a quick reminder: please do like and subscribe, and uh, you know, head over to Patreon. And and did we want to bring this one in with one of our uh, new reviews as well, Ross? Was that was oh, that the plan? I mean, that's a, that is a great thing to do, Max. And the, the bit for me is really understanding where people talk about farmer leagues, and I'm, I'm a big fan of the, the the farmer mentality. Don't get me wrong, and not big farmer. We're not we're not kind of super profiteering. We're talking about people who turn around and be like, this is a joke you're playing against a bunch of farmers which i've always found a really weird way of talking about it but let's get into uh one review from jez bags instantly a good name five stars top class cricket podcast love the ipl mega auction review and looking forward to hearing future episodes when it starts been looking for a cricket podcast for a while that focuses on ipl and this hits the spot jez bags thank you very much for that um we'll read out another one later on in the show um where should we start then? So in terms of power rankings, when it comes to these kind of things, there's, I, I don't want to kind of say who's bottom because we know who's bottom. Um, but where, where can we? we? I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not so sure. I'm not so no? sure. No? We'll, okay, we'll fine. So How about we start to... off with this? Who's bottom? Okay, so what, first of all, first, first, <laughs> of what league, first of all, let, let's have a run through of the leagues that we're comparing. Right, oh, so, if we rank the leagues, there we yeah. go. The segment now we've got all all world leagues ranked yeah, by yeah. the cricket <laughs> podcast. Title done. No, number Ooh, one yeah. is the, uh, the the North Sweden District League. Shut up, Max. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, so so I think the main franchise leagues you've got what CPL, IPL, Pakistan Super League, Bangladesh Premier League, the Lankan Premier League. BBL, did you say BBL? Yeah, Blast. Big, big Bash, The Blast, The 100, 100 doesn't get going? into there. The 100, you've got to put The 100 in it. 100's oh, right. in. The, 100, yeah. 100's the Mzanzi Super League. Well, they haven't oh. played that for like two years. Still a league. Well, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think top eight. They're, they're, they're your okay, top right. eight, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Top eight. Re- regular T20 leagues. Yeah, yeah. Right, Ross, plus, you're, plus you're, 100. You, you seem like the person with the most notes here, so do you want to set out your criteria for judging oh. leagues so we can shoot yeah. you down? Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. You know, so I think... like the first wave into the attack. <laughs> yeah. And we're the machine guns. <laughs> uh, so I, my, in my head, the way in which you assess these leagues is strength of domestic talent, quality and number of overseas, um, plus facilities is kind of what I'm going at in terms of like the, qu- the quality of actually what you're looking at in terms of pitches that you play on. Like if you play on a shit tip in... I don't know, say the Sri Lankan Premier League, and you're just like, what is going on here? Actually, compared that to, say, playing in the, uh, well, say in the Blast, actually, there's a, there's a massive change in standard, right? It's a, it's a leveller. That's, that's how I'm, in my head, what I'm looking at. Domestic talent pool, quality of overseas, the actual conditions you're playing in. Okay, so with that in mind, what did you say was last? Uh, well, I think the Sri Lankan is <laughs> last. <laughs> I thought you were going to go. I honestly, though, I thought you were going to go for T20 Blast because normally that's this conversation. I thought, and that's why I thought I'd take, take yeah, it up. Then. That's yeah. what it, normally this conversation goes. Well, everyone knows the T20 Blast is the worst league in the world. Now, I I disagree with that. I, I you know, you probably make some good points there around the Sri Lankan um, Premier League or the Lanka, whatever LPL. Um, but it is it, normally people have a go at the Blast because they say there's too many teams. A lot of those teams aren't set up for T20 cricket. Um, there's too many domestic players. The overseas players aren't good enough, and there's only two of them per side. 
uh, and, and about five other things that that are thrown in its direction. Now, I'd, I'd contest some of those points, but that that is the that's the the cricket hipster point of view in a in a really brief nutshell. Yeah, I, I just I just quite like the blast. I don't know why. Maybe 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 maybe, maybe that because is because you can go down and get pissed on a Friday night and watch some cricket, Ross. That's, that's why I like the blast. I think it's important to um, to make the point about the Sri Lankan league. I think they had a, one of the teams had an overseas player from the Cayman Islands, which is possibly the the cricket equivalent of Ali Dia. Uh, <laughs> and uh, uh, if if uh, you know, uh, almost like they have to be ranked bottom by default. Just purely it's for always that. good when Ali Dia gets a mention. Uh, so so we're saying they're they're eighth. Can I um, can I throw in potentially a controversial nomination for seventh? You don't have to take this. Uh, Big Bash. It's down there. Yeah, I think this year I think especially people um, talk yeah. it up. People talk it up, but it is full of people that are not actually professional cricketers. In, in well, you, uh, you had like a pool of players who could like play for multiple <laughs> teams. I mean, I know that COVID was an issue, but like, yeah, it's not not bringing endorsement to the standard, is it? Well, if looks, you're going to play it at the same time that the Ashes is on, it tells you how much you know gravitas it has in your in your cricket domestic mm. calendar. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, I I I I I mean it's how it, there's more teams in the Big Bash than there are actual states that play professional cricket in in Australia. So that that's already going to be a problem if you're looking at like the domestic strength there, Ross. To use to use your your matrix, um, that's a, a heinous situation. Then you take out all of the good players so that <laughs> they can go and play for Australia, and you're left with an even worse bunch of players. Yeah. I, you know. The, when when Crick, Crickviz did a, did this ranking, the big the the not the big blast, the blast. The, they, they call it the big blast. Maybe the they should pay merge. Att- pay attention, yeah. Um, the, they ranked the the, the blast bottom um, based on 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 those things. But I don't. I honestly don't think they're taking into account the fact that a lot of the players that are playing in the big bash are not full time cricketers. Um, yeah, no, no. So they don't have the stats to bring the averages down. Yeah, they're it's all right. Them. You see some of the players that go over there and just make hay. I mean, it's like <laughs> nobody can stop them. They're like a god amongst men. No, the other no. players barely hit it off the square, and Laurie Evans is just going into the top deck, fall after fall. Any, any like randomly, uh, sorry, any, any like reasonably decent overseas spinner just like runs through teams because yeah. there's like three, three Aussies who are good at playing spin in the whole league. Uh, and uh, yeah, I just I'm not a buyer of the big bash. People people rate the big bash high, but they think they're thinking of the big bash like five six years ago. It's not like that at all now. And and you know that every team by the end of the tournament, every team's got like three great cricketers playing in it. It's like <laughs> it's 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 poor, and the overseas recruitment and list management is utterly shambolic. Like there's 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 no clue whatsoever. Honestly, I, I I'm so strong on this. Like there's. There's good players available who are like uh, uh, who, who would be able to go for the whole comp, but no, they pick like some random guy who's clearly only going to be there for four games, and then and then they don't know what to do to replace him. And then you have like Melbourne Renegades recruiting a McChand who like doesn't even strike at one thirty in America. So so like yeah, it, it, I think it could be a good league if you did a lot of changes. If you, if you threw if you, if you made it completely different. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if you had no classic Australian international summer with all the internationals playing, and you had four overseas per team, and you had a draft, that would be a really good league. But until they make those changes, it won't be. 
Well, they're, they're talking, yeah. they're well, talking they're about expanding though, a league. They? <clears throat> they're talking about expanding that league. Well, that's probably. a disaster because then they're diluting the, the domestic cricket, the domestic talent even further. So maybe there's going to be four grade cricketers per team rather than three. That could be a good feeder system. Yeah. We should um, give them credit though for being pioneers of T20 cricket, shouldn't we? I mean, we all we all love how, like, how the uh, how the X Factor sub and the uh, whatever. I like the new rules. I'm, what else I'm, 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 rules. I'm not on the rules. But they is, is, is it power bottom? Is that what they have? It was power surge. <laughs> power, power surge. Power surge. <laughs> but the teams don't even have a clue about that. Like I've seen, I, I've run some numbers on this, um, <laughs> and. It, the winning of the power surge is actually a really good if you're chasing it, it's a really good predictor of of, of who wins the game right mm. and yeah teams are like nah, don't want this bonus point What's, <laughs> what do I want 25% of the total points in the match for I will just block out the last over and we need five for the power surge point yeah and I, I they haven't got their head around that at all uh, it's because right. they, they don't take T20 cricket seriously and they still win the fucking World Cup, don't they? Um, so next, when it... next league. Who hasn't nominated a league? Ross, you went in first. I went. Max? Yes, yeah, me next, isn't it? So what, what, it's got to be... I think it's got to be between the Blast and the BPL, haven't we? Oh, well, make your case. I'm going I'm going Blast. I'm going in Blast. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. All of our, all of our English listeners writing yeah. a fucking email <laughs> well, to us. I just think, for me, it comes back to that two overseas slot issue. Yeah, that's fair. That's that's what that's the kicker for me, I think. Um, Not all the terrible Bangladeshi players, though. You're happy to no, overlook no. that. No, well, that basically... The, the, the Eight terrible, of the 11 players are awful. The, the terrible Bangladeshi <laughs> no. players offsets the fact that we have to play two extra English players. That's a... <laughs> Even, sorry, our, even our most even our most staunch Bangladeshi fans <laughs> on here has been like, not sure Max is. I think Max is smoking <laughs> something. And, and if we look what? at these, if we look at these rankings, or when we finally process these these rankings of these eight leagues, you, we're going to find that there's a pretty strong correlation between the amount of overseas players per team and mm. the quality of the league. I suppose, of in course. fairness, I have forgotten Ross's third category haven't i which involves facilities and you don't get yeah. to play at lords in the bpl do you don't you play at lords you don't actually get to see it on the tv <laughs> moin ali apparently is another you, champion you don't really get to see the blast on the tv either which is a bit in Bangladesh, I, a pitch where 130 is par yeah that's a problem for just mm. for entertainment the number of left arm spinners in bangladesh is just weird um <laughs> it's like it's like dutch football and left-footed players except less sexy and again no offense bangladesh but Holland is a sexy place. Um, it's, it is, it is, it is. Like, what do you want me to say? Name yeah, a sexier name. country. I've also forgotten how bad Bangladesh were at the World Cup. I'm, yeah, yeah. No, this I'm, is. I'm, the, I'm, you know, I'm telling myself I'm wrong. It, there okay. might be one less overseas player in each blast team, but there is one more player that actually would be good in <laughs> international cricket. That's yeah, English. that's fair. Um, when, you, when you consider also that, I mean. There's players who don't even get 100 contractors. There's batters who don't even get 100 contracts who are getting BPL teams as an overseas player. Because yes. The, because, because the hitting quality in Bangladesh is so poor. Yeah. Okay, so, so I vote I'm, Max is wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I vote, vote, I vote I, Max I, is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're relegating the BPL to six. Yeah. Um, yeah. Dan, your turn. Who are you nominating as the, the fifth best league? I hope oh. there's five leagues left. Um. So, so let me get this. IPL, PSL, CPL... 100. 100 Blast. 100 Blast. You can go oh, T10 it, if you it, want, and we can just bump everyone down. It, but. it is with a heavy heart that I'm going to go Blast at number five. Mm. And, and and it is primarily down to that, that two overseas scenario that Max talked about. Uh, and 
the dilution of English talent. Um, now, again, it's a league that if you put if you put another one or two overseas players per team, it would be unbelievably good, and you'd be pushing probably well, you'd be ahead of CPL for sure. So, again, it's you it wouldn't need many changes, but yeah, I think when you've got guys who hit. 9, 10, 11, 12% boundaries in, in the blast on basically roads with small boundaries. That That's a problem. And that shows you that... Oh, some, some of the boundaries... The, the, some gra- of the, the squares field, you though. play on in the blast are, are stupid, aren't they? Yeah, but but there's also games where... I mean, I, I, I don't really want to name players or teams, but there's been games uh, at Leicester where I, I've we're, we're in a position and I'm like, we can't lose this game because of who's to come or who's batting and who's to come because they just can't hit. Mm-hmm. But then there's most teams have got three, four good hitters as well. Yeah. All right. It's back around to me then to build up, yes. the, build up the four. Um, God, the hundreds only had one season and it's already in the top four, which is pretty good going if you think about it. Um, but it's starting from a good base, isn't it? You know, there, there, there is there is a point. I've actually got Freddie Wilde's article up, and one of the one of the things he talks about about you know why the blast is not um, a great league is because there are 162 domestic players required to fill each starting eleven, whereas the most for any other league that we're talking about is 72 uh, in the Big Bash. Um, yeah. So it's it's it is it is a lot more players, but as we were saying, all those players are professional. A lot of them are quite focused on T Twenty cricket because you you get you get you get paid loads of money if you play for England, <laughs> and not everyone can get into the Test side. Um, and the hundred, yeah, it gets to pick from those one hundred sixty two players. So it's distilling down a competition that we're all rating pretty highly here into an even more concentrated format with an extra overseas. So it, yeah. it's, I think, Ross, you know, we're, we're right to have it in the top four, basically. Sure. Yeah. Carry on, make your point. Well, I, I think it actually makes top three. Is I'll put the CPL in at four. There we go. What's yeah. your reasoning that it, it comes in below the 100? 100, 100 um, I think, again, just the, the pool of talent is actually available. Yeah, we might see some of the best things. And we've talked about some of the best things about West Indies cricket on the, on the previous part of this podcast, right? But I also think there's a lot that they don't have the the infrastructure to support cricket as much as the other leagues do at this mm-hmm. point in time. And I think that lack of investment does show when you start almost scratching down the surface. If you were to if you were to take say the I don't know the depth charts, right? If you were to go below kind of level three on a depth chart for a hundred team, you're fine, or you've or you've run out of players. For a CPL team, you're picking a guy who actually probably isn't as good as the worst player in the 100 or is middling when it comes to kind of playing in the blast, right? Mm. Is probably my logic around that one. Also, for me, I think one of the big things is the the golfing class between sides in the same competition. I mean, you got in the CPL, you know, what was it? it quite recently we had, was it Guyana who just lost every game? I, uh, I can't remember. No, Barbados. Lost. Barbados. Oh, yeah. I can't, I can't, yeah, I can't remember. There is usually the one, though. But it was, You're there's right, usually yeah. one, yeah, also ran and one team that smokes it. Lucia did it for a while. They were bottom like a few years in a row. Yeah, and then the 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 Trimbago Night Riders just cruising off into the distance yeah. just on the table. <laughs> and Devon Guyana were the best teams for for a long time. All right, Jack, who's who's coming in to start uh, the top three? Right now, this is this is a genuine this is a genuine problem. I think you have to say the hundred is below the PSL. Yeah, 
But I, 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 I would caveat that slightly, or I would predict that over the next three years, we, we could see, in terms of quality here, maybe not in terms of coverage and fanfare and um, you know how much it gets talked about on the circus, but I think you can see the 100 overtake the PSL pretty easily. Um, we were talking about, uh, and this has sort of been my theme of the whole thing, the, the domestic player pool and so on. We t- we're concentrating that 162 down into what is eight times eight max 64. 64. So the, you're taking the best 33% of the best T20 players in England, putting them in a tournament with a load of overseas players. And they're the good overseas players because England's an attractive place to play cricket. They come from all around the world except India. So you've got this, this you know, high concentration of domestic talent with a high concentration of, of overseas talent that isn't really replicated anywhere except, I think, in the IPL, where obviously you have the side Mushtaq Ali trophy played at a lower level. Now, I'm not saying that there isn't a lower level of, of T20 cricket in the PS, in Pakistan. Of course there isn't. But if you're looking at who is working on their skills day in, day out, and, and how many you know, players there are with aspirations who, who, are, who are full-time working on their aspiration to break into the elite competition, the 100 will have that, and I don't think the PSL will because they don't have as many um, domestic players who are professional at, 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 at side Mushtaq Ali level or, or, or Blast level. And actually, you know what? A tournament we've probably missed out this, and it's because we really, you know, you don't hear too much about it because we, we, we see India and we see IPL. Side so uh, the, the SMAT, and we call it the SMAT, that's what everyone <laughs> in the know calls it. The SMAT probably has a claim to be in the top eight tournaments here. Yeah, um, I agree that. We're, we've, we've ruled it out, but it's not, you know, the the best teams, the best teams in in, in that tournament, was it Karnataka and um, yeah. the other one? In the, Tamil, <laughs> Tamil, Tamil Nadu in the, in the final. They have, they have players. They would beat yeah. teams in the, in the Bangladesh Premier League, I think. They would beat teams in the Big Bash as well. Yeah. Um, so I, 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 I'm going to say the 100 is third. But I, I would not be surprised at all if, if we look back in a year's time and we look at the quality of what happens this summer and think that actually might be better than the, the PSL. I rest my case. You get to decide. I'll <laughs> <laughs> take up with Jack first. I'm not, I'm not sold on that. No? Yeah, well, go on. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I, well, no, I think, I think you make it's very, very fair. I kind of have them, I think the 100... Oh, I want to say you haven't seen the hundred in his, his full glory. The, well, you, I don't I, think I don't think we can say that the version of the hundred we have seen is better than this year's. Pakistani I want, I'm going to rank them equal second. I want to rank them equal second. Well, because, because you've. I got, don't know if we can have this. We're going to have no, to have no, a vote. No, but I want to <laughs> say why. I want to say why. Okay. I think that the English uh, domestic batters are far better than the Pakistan domestic batters as a general group. But the Pakistan pace bowlers are far better than the English domestic pace bowlers as a group. They kind of balance themselves out. If you're going to quibble about it, I I don't mind what Jack says in terms of because they've got one more overseas player per team, although most teams haven't used their full quota this year. I I, I genuinely think, and I've said this before, and I genuinely mean this, if, if you have in the 100, if you had, if you throw the, if you increase the, 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 the pay payments for the players by say fifty percent. So your top bracket's almost two hundred grand or whatever. Yeah, mate, Agnew's head would blow up. Oh, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> yeah, what a, what a shame. 
And you have to, <laughs> which journalist is he going to call a c-word when he's when he's, when he's pissed? Sorry. Uh, and you have like and you have four overseas per team, and maybe with six in your squad. And so uh, you you do that, I guarantee you that's way higher than PSL and probably on a similar level to the. Yeah, but Dan, yeah, what you've done this again? That's, you've that's not actually the, not the case. Is, you've just yeah, no, just like, the yeah. The BBL could be really good if it were different to what it is as, right now. As the tournament <laughs> as the tournament evolves, that that uh, I I genuinely think if you have four overseas players in a hundred, it will be as good as the IPL. I can't, we, I we can't do, have them equal because, we do, we, again, we've had one year of the 100 and it wasn't a proper yeah. year of the 100. There, also, they made it stupid. This. They could have just had T20 cricket. There's another problem with this, and it is that some of the England players will not be available for, for, for the 100. And that will be a thing for every year. I don't think that is, you know, that's not what the PSL don't do that. Um, yeah. So, so I, the, the PSL yeah. don't block up like key positions in franchise teams for people like Rory Burns. It's true, but you also do have Babarazam hitting 30 or 50 balls nearly every week. Okay. So that is true. Been a bit of a trouble. Um, so, okay, well, Dan, we're going to have to make a decision. I think 100 goes in at down. three because it doesn't have the history behind it yet. The history. We've added a fourth. We've added a fourth thing. Facilitating Max. history. Um, India v Pakistan, which is best? <laughs> Uh, well, it's got to be it's got to be tied equal first, I think, for the PSL. Yeah, well, obviously, obviously, the PSL uh, has to come in second, doesn't it? We can't we can't with a good conscience decide that it's better than than the IPL, uh, even though it is really good, isn't it? I mean, we we love the PSL. It's uh, it's pretty pretty exciting. Again, as as Dan said, with uh, you know the the depth. Uh, of fast bowling that that they've got in um, in Shaheen Afridi, basically any opportunity to watch Shaheen Afridi in a in a T20 tournament should be should be taken and um, and it's been it's been good this year as well, hasn't it? It's been pretty unless your name is the Karachi Kings, it's been pretty competitive. Yeah, yeah. Well, just check out my PSL corner. We had the double yeah. um, double middle finger, double birds. Yeah, Ben uh, Cutting <laughs> versus what was his name? Sahail Tanvir. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the whole James Faulkner thing blew up big time. And that yeah, was, James that Faulkner. Was, yeah. Oh, I, can I'm, we have I'm, a little I'm, update on James Faulkner? Because we, uh, we the news had literally just broken when we recorded our pod on Saturday. So I would, I would, lo- I would love to give it up to this. Purely yeah, the please. fact that I, I yeah. inadvertently got in the middle of... i tell of, you what. Yeah, carry on, carry on, carry on. I inadvertently got into the middle of India versus Pakistan on Twitter. Yep. Didn't didn't mean to. Yeah. Didn't mean to at all, and ended up right in the middle of the turmoil. So I can only apologise if uh, if that has ruined your Twitter timeline. But pretty much, James Faulkner came out and said that PSL hadn't been paying him. Um, he's left the tournament. He's thrown his cricket kit into the chandelier of the hotel, um, and it was. Well, that's going to make things worse, isn't it? And, and this now was down the loot and his cricket kit. We, we were we had only when we recorded the last podcast, we'd only heard about that part of the story, as it literally was just breaking at the time we were recording it. Uh, it was on Saturday morning. In the afternoon, the PR machines got whirring. You got everybody in Pakistan fully behind PSL, pretty much going, James Faulkner was drunk. Um, he's an arsehole. Kind of, he doesn't know what he's talking about. We've always been able to provide payment to everybody who's been there. We have a 70% upfront, 30% when the tournament's finished. Um, James Faulkner was kind of asking us to do money laundering was one bit of it as well, going from different accounts. So everybody got absolutely involved. Plus, there was a conspiracy theory, um, which is amazing, that the IPL and the BCCI put James Faulkner up to this to embarrass 
the Pakistan Super League. As as a, a small event goes and being blown out of all proportion, pretty fucking brilliant, I thought. So that, that's that. I think that's the update. Don't know what. Don't know who's actually telling the truth. Don't really care who's telling the truth, as the story's brilliant either way. Yeah. All I want to know is, have they got the helmet out of the chandelier yet? <laughs> that is a great they, question. They've got... That's uh, not an easy job. It's got to stay. Yeah, it's got to stay as a, as a memory. Anyone who's seen that episode of Only Fools and Horses will know <laughs> <Yeah>. the potential, <laughs> potential pitfalls. <laughs> Rogue <laughs> batting protection. <laughs> Chandelier like removal. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Dan, you get to talk about the IPL, I think, to, to finish this segment off. Yeah, the yeah, Pakistan well, Super League comes in second. No, no comment. And that's the end this of is, the This is how we got him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, obviously, obviously it's, got, it's the biggest budget league in terms of the squad, uh, squad building. Uh, the only league with an auction, which so it's unique, unique from that perspective. And I think as well, Ross, you talk a bit about the conditions and the, the, the arenas and stuff like that. You've got every a packed house every single game, a fervent atmosphere. It's incredible. Uh, I was lucky, obviously, lucky enough to spend a couple of weeks in India and the passion for cricket is unbelievable there. So, so for me, yeah, IPL all the way. Um, well, there we have it. We've got a top, top eight where we are starting with the Lankan Premier League in number eight. We've got the Big Bash at number seven. Uh, number six comes the Bangladesh Premier League. Number five comes the T20 Blast. Number four is the Caribbean Premier League. Number three is the 100. Number two is Pakistan Super League. And number one is the Indian Premier League. That is, um, that is the official ranking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, I think you could swap around Bangladesh Premier League and Big Bash. Well, I think we're well, not going to get into that again. No, it's, no. Yeah, not so, <laughs> it's uh, funny. If, it's funny. Yeah. If you've got an opinion on that, um, please let us know in the comments and uh, follow us up. Uh, shall we quickly move on to England? As we've uh, classically had Dan on the show and got carried away with talking about all kinds of different things. Yes, uh, but we need a break. Hello, and welcome back to the Cricket Podcast, where we have just been over the eight top eight franchise leagues in our esteemed opinion and we're now going to very quickly move on and discuss some uh, some England business with uh, with Dan Weston who who's back with us so uh, so Ross I believe we'll be talking England squads England selection and um, and again the the elephants in the room known as uh, James Anderson and Stuart Broad um, yeah. Hold on, hold on. We need to hijack this. First of all, you didn't do messages for listeners, which is disgraceful. Secondly, we got some bad feedback that we didn't talk about South Africa v um, New Zealand. So I, I would like to acknowledge really quickly uh, that New Zealand did, in fact, beat uh, South Africa in the cricket. Uh, and they did it pretty By an innings and 300 runs, wasn't it? By an innings of 300 runs. Um, there were some pretty good performances in there. Uh, didn't Matt Henry, seven for twenty-three. Matt, Matt yeah. Henry, and then is it? It was a good day for Henry's, basically, wasn't it? Um, Henry Nichols, I've got a century. Henry Nichols, notch up, notch up a century. Um, I thought South Africa would be one of the teams that were kind. Of, we talked about this a little bit on the last show, didn't we? Um, I thought South Africa would be one of the teams that would do okay. In, in I mean, they can't bat for shit, but it's New Zealand. Everyone can bat in New Zealand. There's roads. They've got loads of tall bowlers. They bowl quite quickly. You'd think that they'd actually be okay, but they weren't. They were dismantled. Um, it's amazing, isn't it, that like a month ago, Bangladesh beat New Zealand. It's, it's yeah. Oh, and, and then and then South Africa beat India, right? And it, there's yeah. that bit of like the, 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 just the the change in performance <laughs> is staggering. 
Um, but, that, uh, but anyone, uh, yeah, anyone shocked at all that South Africa lost so badly? And if you've got a couple of sentences on it, it'd be really good, just to prove that we do cover New Zealand cricket. I was okay. quite surprised. I, I, was, I thought I surprised. it would be much more even than it was, um, for all the reasons that you set out, Jack. But uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, not not to be. And and also, you know, uh, with uh, Matt Henry, who's sort of in and out of the New Zealand side, isn't he? He sort mm-hmm. of um, doesn't get a proper run at things, but mainly because when he got injured and then Carl Jameson turned out to be ridiculous. But every time Matt Henry comes in, he does well. So, you know, it's good for him as well. Nice yeah, to see. Good for Henry. Good for um, Henry. And that was for Kieran, wasn't it? That was for Kieran. Yeah, I think that was, was for Kieran. There you go, Kieran. Um, I'm going to read um, out... Patreon.com forward slash the cricket pod, Kieran. Yeah. If you'd like to support the show. Well, we, we know the one person who's given us another five star is What A Podcast. This is from Nick George 2000. Absolutely love this cricket podcast from Max Ross and Jack and Dan Weston, obviously. Uh, this is the perfect podcast for those that think Kale Rahul is a ball eater. Ahmed Bad Boys is a better name than Gujarat Lions uh, or Titans, as I think they're now called. Um, and those that absolutely hate Sunrise's Hydrapad. <laughs> Keep going, lads. Absolutely cracking. That's a very, it's a very niche area we've gone into there, isn't it? And we, yeah, well, and we just feel sorry for the Sunrisers Hyderabad fans. And if you if you need if you need some emotional support, this is the podcast for you. Um, I've anyway, on the last pod, no, I hate not, you. Not for Jack. Uh, Let's talk about England. So, Dan, there's a theory going around on Twitter at the moment, and I'm hoping it's not seeped into any kind of the analysts' kind of world. Is that um, England's problem is not the bowling; it's their batting. Um, and that's the, England's inability to take 20 wickets abroad is kind of the, the newfound kind of this is the problem England have. It's not the point that England can't actually bat more than two sessions in a test match. Yeah. Um, Dan, where, where, where do you sit on that mantra? Is, is there something to that? Is there not something to that? Because it is somewhat that, that thinking, regardless if it's eked into the kind of sphere of consciousness, has resulted in Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson being dropped. Is that cricketing view? Who's who was the one who started starting those uh, those theories off? Yeah. I mean, I've read a bit about I've read his post about that a little bit. Um, I, I'm more in the broad camp, I must say. In the if you can't score 300 plus with probably more than well, at the moment they're doing what 10 percent of the time. If 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 that. You've got big problems in Test cricket. You have huge problems, and I don't know if you if you look at say you look at the last eighteen months and you and you look at all the last yeah twenty twenty one onwards, and you compare England's batting average to the 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 field, and you compare their bowling average to the field, their bowling average will stack up okay with most other teams, and the batting average just doesn't, and and that's the that's the problem. Um, you, you know you've got you've we've gone from you know. Seven, eight, to ten years ago, we had you know Cook, Strauss, uh, Pete, uh, Peterson, Ian Bell, Jonathan Trot. That was the, those guys would walk into the team in now. Like they'd be the apart from Root would be the only guy who would get into that team in the, in the past, uh, and the other ones wouldn't be anywhere near. And and so look, we've said this so many times on the pod. I've written about this team. Is that you've got you can shuffle the deck as many times as you want. But there isn't the the quality of play coming through to the national team from county cricket. Now, I don't necessarily look at that as an indictment of county cricket. I look at it as just maybe it's a cyclical thing and maybe it's just a bad generation of players or bad generation of batters because county cricket seems to be able to produce bowlers just fine. Uh, um, uh, And 
has had no issue with producing batters in the past. So, um, yeah, I just, just whoever you pick as a batter, they're going to struggle. I'm pleased they've given Pope a longer run because that's obviously one guy who has, even on a road home pitch, dominated dominated county cricket. Um, what 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 puzzles me a little bit is they pick guys like Crawley, who obviously hasn't done that well at county cricket. Hamid, who's struggled over the last few years. Um, then you've got a guy like uh, Ben Folks, who is obviously a cl- class keeper, but has been nowhere near the squad, and then now he's just catapulted back in as the sort of first choice wicketkeeper. And it just it just strikes me as like uh, as this kind of the thinking is very very muddled. And and, and if you, yeah, we've got a different or different the coach has gone or whatever, and the batting coach has gone. But as far as I know, we've still got the same people in charge of selection or in or helping with selection. Uh, Silverwood maybe had final say, but but we've still got the same group of people in, in that role um, and then they're just picking completely different players so it's there's no coherency there's what what I what I talk about a lot in cricket is the need for accountability and if 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 England were to go and let's say for sake of argument I was chief selector of England right and we went to Australia and we lost 4-0 in the ashes and and rain saved us from the other one let's face facts right if someone's if someone says to me if if, if the head of English cricket whoever it is Tom Harrison or Andrew Strauss or Ashley Giles or whoever it was at that point comes to me and says what's it, what's what's what was the cause what was this what was that? I would I would want to be accountable I would say this was these were the decisions that I took for these reasons because that was the decision that I felt was best at that point in time for these reasons with the most information that I had at that time. But you don't see anything like this. It's all, oh, I'll just blame county cricket and hope that it goes away. It's just nonsense. Um, there's no, for me, there's no accountability. And it comes back to what we we're talking about in one of the, the previous segments about bravery and coaches not wanting to get the sack, basically. And it's like, okay, well, it's almost like it creates this culture where it's always someone else's fault. Actually, sometimes you just got to hold your hands up and say, okay, well, I wasn't good enough at this at, the, at this time. Or we made the right decision at the time with the information that we had, but it didn't work out. That's fine. That's fine. Just hold your hands up. Be 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 a big be a big person. But it doesn't it doesn't doesn't happen in it doesn't happen in cricket very often. So we've got some new faces right in the England team. So Alex Lees has come in. Uh, mm-hmm. Matt Fisher has come in. Um, what can we expect to see from the uh, Durham and Yorkshire lads? Um, Alex Lees uh, has been one who who a lot of people had an eye on with England potential from a very young age. I think he got Wisden Young Player of the Year when he was very young. I think he might even be captain of Yorkshire at a pretty young age as well. Now, there was uh, from I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it looked like there was some issues at Yorkshire that that kind of stagnated his career, and he's gone gone to Durham and he's done pretty well. Um, particularly when you consider that it's one of the tougher home venues for for scoring runs. So um, yeah, <sighs> whether he's any better than a Burns or a Sibley is yet to be yet to be seen. I'm not convinced that he necessarily will be, but I, I do think that he's probably a better option than, than a Hamid at this point in time. Um, 
So I don't I don't mind the Lee's the Lee's inclusion. He should he should he's not I don't think he'll be a, like a flamboyant opener. I think he'll be another someone who might dig in a little bit, which is fine. Don't mind that at all. So yeah, I'm okay with it. But again, it just shows that inconsistency of thought. The 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 okay, well now we'll pick Lee's, but we didn't pick him before because we thought he was better. But now we realize that he's not better. So we'll go with this new guy. So they don't, they don't think they, they, they know. I don't think they've got a coherent thought process. Fisher is an interesting one. He's been pretty injury prone over, over the last few years. And I kind of think this is what I call like a hunch pick for England, where they just love guys who bowl pretty quick. And, 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 and a lot of the time, it's not necessarily what's needed in test cricket especially in England, probably some away conditions as well. If you look at Yorkshire, I'm not even convinced he's the best bowler numbers-wise at Yorkshire. And certainly, I think, for me, Ben Code and even Jordan Thompson have done done very, very well at Yorkshire uh, in, in Red Bull cricket over the last couple of years. But Fisher, obviously, has had his card marks of being a rapid, a rapid quick, you know, quick bowler, which England seem to absolutely adore. Uh, 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 and he's kind of like this next hunch pick, if you like. Isn't that, wasn't, didn't that go back to Ed Smith's plan? Wasn't it? Was that was that an Ed Smith thing? Just pick a, pick all the fast bowlers that we possibly can for England. Well, yeah. What, what pile the injury list high and higher? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's quite interesting to go see him. Um, Max, I know you're a, uh, a Surrey boy at the heart. Um, obviously, Dom Sibley moved away from Surrey. Were, is, you, yeah. were you were you surprised not to see him back in the squad for the West Indies tour? Yeah, I was actually. I, I don't know. What I mean, supposedly the idea was he went away over the winter and, and worked on his game, ready for for next year. Um, maybe he hasn't worked hard enough, or, or it didn't go very well. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's not, they've not seen him score county runs in in well, the winter. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's, that's, seems... that's the thing. He's not been able to do it in December, and that's that's yeah. the embarrassment. It seems strange. You know, now now we're back to um, back to. Crawley opening with um, with someone who'll be uh, making his debut, but that, yeah, to not have him. Uh, How mad is that, by the way? That Zach Crawley was an abomination for months, like only nearly a full year, and is now the only person who's in that opener spot guaranteed. Mad to me. Yeah, but he did get seventy once, didn't he? Mm. And it looked good. <laughs> you can't, you can't bear that. It passed mind. the eye test. <laughs> it did, but he did look really good. Um, and he's tall, so it, it could be imposing. And, and uh, this is a genuine thing: he does catch the ball. Yeah, a lot of the others are bad, and they don't catch the ball either. He will catch it, <laughs> which is it's, it puts him at least above Dr. Rory Burns at the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, he's it takes him up to twenty. Um, yeah. Yeah, the other player I think worth mentioning is Dan Lawrence. So pretty much didn't play last well in the last tour. Didn't play at all in the Ashes. Was there kind of the nearly man around the squad? And because of how bad England were, maybe his stock has risen a little bit. Dan, is that probably fair to say for Dan <laughs> yeah. Lawrence? His stock has risen because he because he didn't play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But he hasn't he hasn't had an opportunity to show how bad he is, so we won't drop him yet. Is that what <laughs> they think? Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's not what I think. That's what yeah, I was surmising. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, let's, uh, whether he gets in ahead of, uh, you know, Pope and Bairstow and, and Root uh, in in that middle order is is another debate. And Stokes, obviously, as well, in that sort of top top five. Um, I'm guessing that Folks is going to come in and bat 
as a specialist keeper as well, players as a specialist keeper. Keeper was it maybe seven? seven. Yeah, yeah. So, well, well Root, Root's supposedly batting at three. Yeah, that, that's pretty much what the media reported. Okay, so, so that was Root's going to be at three. So you've got Crawley, Lees, Root. Who's going to be at four? I think Stokes at four is too high. You either play Stokes yeah. as your number three or you play him at number five. Best, or six. Best oh four, Stokes best five. Four. Yeah. Pope six, folks seven. Fair. So that's what that's what we can kind of expect for the first lineup kind of being there. And then they've got uh, they've brought Parkinson back in from the cold, mm-hmm. who, who's literally just uh, just clocking air miles, I think, rather than doing actually anything else for England. Um, but actually giving a bit of competition to Jack Leach. Um, and then they've got the battery of kind of medium paces plus Mark Wood, really in Sakeem Mahmood, Craig Overton, Ollie Robinson, who is the fitness angle on Ollie Robinson seems a bit like a hatchet job to me. Regardless if if he is a little bit overweight or anything like that, well, like, we don't we don't know that personally, right? But the hatchet job that Ollie Robinson is unfit and not not fit enough to play Test cricket, I'm not sure holds much water. Um, but we'll he's see. Done, he's done all right whenever he's played, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Doctor fucking water comes to mind, but um, never mind. Uh, let's talk. Let's uh, let's let's wrap England he up. He does there. look like a fat man, though. Yeah, but maybe it's just because people don't like him. That might be a thing. Like people don't particularly like his attitude. Like he's got a bit of history, but he's a fucking good player. Um, anyway, that kind of wraps up England. Um, Dan, do you want to quickly talk about yeah, the retentions um, at the mighty Birmingham Phoenix in the hundred? Yeah, obviously uh, they call it retention deadline day. I think it was today. Um, yeah, very happy with with our business. Uh, we've we've managed to retain. Uh, a really nice domestic core, which I think is is pretty important, uh, and a core that's going to be able to hopefully take us take us forward over the over the years to come as well. So it's not just a, hopefully a group that can think, can compete well this year, but but also in the future as well. So yeah, really happy with that. Um, I think most teams probably looking at the, looking through the lists, there's not really any that many major surprises um there's obviously a few players who are, who are, who are, who have been let go who are pretty good but uh, i think what we what we always have to to appreciate that maybe it's not this and this isn't necessarily sort of portrayed in the media a bit and it's similar to the IPL both the the team and the player have to agree on the retention so so if players very good and they get released that doesn't necessarily mean that the team have made like a massive screw up because they 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 released a bad player. It's it may well be that the, the player one didn't fit into their salary structure, two um, didn't want to play for that team, mm-hmm. perhaps because they've got yeah a, a ground doesn't suit them or whatever, or three yeah they might want to play for a different team. So so yeah, there's there's reasons for for stuff sometimes. So. Yeah, it's always good to see you know a bit of drama on retention deadline day and stuff. But um, I wouldn't read too much into the team's decision making. Sometimes I, I, I would give I'll give teams a, a bit of a free pass in terms. But of What you're saying, reading between the lines, is that Tom Banton drove to uh, Edgebaston and was waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's, it's rare you get a Peter Odin wingy reference in Jack, and I'm pretty impressed oh, with look, it. We had a Peter Odin have... wingy and and Ali Dia into the same podcast. Yeah, we had um, oh flip, it's so niche that I've forgotten his name. The the American that used to play up front for uh, Brian McBride. Brian McBride. We had Brian McBride on the show a couple of weeks ago. I heard that pop when I was in India. But you talk about Brian McBride. Yeah, over <laughs> <laughs> Fulham and Everton. Hey, look, if we need to talk about Clint Dempsey, Landon Donovan, kind of Carlos Bocanegra, we could talk about these guys all day long. Because <laughs> Michael Bradley and Tim Howard. Yeah, well, we are the number one cricket podcast in the United States right now. Yeah, so and this is why. This is why. We have, what, about, what, about, what about that Brian kid who was really going really to put one on the Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu. Freddie Adu, that's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, which is, I mean, it's pretty sad how quickly I got to Carl Spockenegra, but um, let's move away from that. And we got a few questions from Patreon and Twitter. Jack, um, if there's anything on Patreon, raise those now because you're, uh, you're in charge of that. We do, uh, but we're going to ask Dan off there. Fine. And then the other, other part is um, Ben Smith asks, is Will Smead the future of England's T20 side. Dan, I'm guessing that one's aimed at you. Um, well, he's doing pretty well at the moment, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it's probably not, uh, you know, obviously I've got him at Phoenix. We, we brought him in at, at, at Bangalore Tigers and T10 mm-hmm. as well. Uh, uh, and it's probably not a secret that I rate him pretty highly. Yeah, I mean, if, if Benny Howe is your Nico Cranchar and Liam Livingston's your Jermaine Defoe, Will Smead's well on his way to being your Peter Crouch and you and your, your Harry Redknapp <laughs> window role that you're going to continue to adopt <laughs> on I, their retention all, all deadline I, day. All I need now is a, a Range Rover and a wind window down to Sky Sports Studios. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. Is window. it going to be a battle of the young Wills for that for that England spot? Yeah. yeah, maybe. Well, Jacks. Um, the other part is from Vidget, who asks, um, "Do you think the IPL should allow five overseas players to keep the quality up now it's been expanded to ten, um, or keep it at four so local talent gets more chances since it's a domestic competition?" Jack, you going with the five? Well, I, well, look, I don't care about it being domestic competition. I just want to see really good cricket. So I am biased here, but mm-hmm. you know, in the in the English Premier League, the, probably the best football league in the world at the moment. They don't have a limit on the number of domestic players, do they? They're not like, oh, you must play six cloggers, uh, and you <laughs> you have to fit you have to fit the people who know how to kick the ball in around them. No, you just <laughs> you get the best players in. Uh, I don't know. Like people say, that the IPL is on a trajectory to be a three four month long tournament. I think if it becomes that with say sixteen teams, maybe more, I think they'll need to have at least five overseas players for it to be decent. Otherwise, it will be Bangladesh Premier League. We're going to need fucking five overseas players to help us cover that. If we're going to need that for the old podcast, so uh, excellent. Yeah, um, I think the other comments, um, Tim. I think we've covered yours around what's the best part of England's selection policy and what's the worst. It's all bad. Is the answer that we've kind of got. No, no, to. I think the good thing is they always keep me guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, oh, the entertainment and it gives us something to talk. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. gives us content. Exactly. Um, And I don't think, I think we've covered the majority of the other one. So um, thank you ever so much for listening. Dan, it's been fantastic to have you back on the show. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. And um, yeah, congrats on the uh, good team at Punjab Kings. We look forward to uh, seeing them in action in the next month or so. if you have been listening, sign up to Patreon, uh, like Jack's Queen Wave that he's got there, but it's Patreon forward slash the cricket pod um, and get in touch with the show, which is uh, the cricket pod at gmail.com um, or at the cricket pod on Twitter and Instagram. Dan, where can they find you? Uh, on Twitter at SA Advantage. And if you if you got bored for the day and you want to read some ramblings about T20 strategy and all sorts, you can check out my substack, danwestern.substack.com. Brilliant. Thanks, guys.
Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.